Well, this is just the worst. The worst. This is the absolute worst, this development. How possibly am I going to fill all my ample spare time now? Now what am I going to do? You know what I'm talking about because you've been doing the same thing for the last, I don't know, five days. You know you have. That's now, that's right. The ever given is free. The ship has been freed. The Suez Canal blockage is over. Oh my goodness. Here's the actual news. Salvage teams freeing the container ship, the ever given. They're towing it towards something called the Great Bitter Lake. I'll tell you what, I'm bitter about having to pay attention to what's really happening in the news instead of having this distraction. Now, the Great Bitter Lake is halfway between the north and south end of the Suez Canal. It's kind of like a purgatory, you know, on your way to heaven, I suppose. You just stop off there in the Bitter Lake. I want to play this for you. This is the Egyptian team that was part of the tugboat Mashur. The tugboat Mashur was part of the effort along with high tide and a couple other tugboats, and they they fought the valiant fight, and they were finally able to free the ever-given. Here's the Egyptian team of that tugboat. Isn't that fantastic? They are chanting there, Mashur is number one. That's have pride in your work, eh? Don't you wish you felt that way at work? Yeah, let's just all get together and chant. Number one, we're number one. Well, thanks for freeing that ship. Appreciate that. Of course, the huge container ship. What's the number? Like something like eight, nine billion dollars U.S. a day that it's cost because it was stuck in there. It's not clear when all the shipping traffic will return to normal. Is it a slight undulation? Oh, gosh, Doc Williams, no, no, it's not. It's way worse than a slight undulation. 367 vessels loaded with everything from crude oil to cattle, all just sitting there waiting. Now it is free, and now, you know, now we just have to actually pay attention to what's actually happening in the news in our own backyard. So that distraction is done. Coming up on the big program, Andre Picard, the Globe and Mail health critic uh, and columnist, always has a great and interesting take. I think that uh, Andre Picard has been and continues to be one of the absolute must-read voices in this country when it comes to understanding what's happening with coronavirus and COVID-19 in this country and Andre Picard will join me just ahead. Then later on, Catherine McDonald will be here with an update to that violent abduction and search in Brampton. A very scary situation. She's going to be with us in just a few minutes. And then later in the program, oh my goodness, what a show. Simon Winchester is here. One of my absolute favorite authors. You just absolutely must stick around for this conversation. He's got a new book out all about land looking at how did we end up in this situation where we parcel out land and we have land ownership, like just the whole history of ownership of land. It's a super heady subject, and nobody can make it into a rip-roaring yarn quite like Simon Winchester. He's going to join me coming up. But I guess, again, I'm going to have to pay attention to the actual news. Our top story. Kent Brockman. Thank you, Kent Brockman. Our top story. 
I really don't want to have to look at today's numbers because that percent positivity is terrible. The other big news of the day is, again, we have increased hesitancy. So we have vaccines available out there. But what we're seeing is seniors are not interested. Either they're not getting, we're not communicating well enough, or they're just thinking, well, I don't know that AstraZeneca. I'm not sure about that. Here is the health minister for the province of Ontario, the deputy premier of this province, Christine Elliott, encouraging everybody, just come on, seriously, get a shot. I would say, please go and get a vaccine. Please do that. Any one of the ones that have been approved by uh, Health Canada are fine. Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, which I received today, and the uh, J&J vaccine. We haven't received them in Ontario yet, but they've all been approved by Health Canada and by NACI. I just encourage everyone to go out and do that because we need the vast majority of the population to be immunized so that we will have that herd immunity, as they say, and that people will be able to go more or less about their uh, their normal lives again. That is Christine Elliott, the health minister of the province of Ontario. Shortly after getting her AstraZeneca shot, her first dose this morning, saying that we have to get people out there. Uh, you know, there, there's a real appetite to get the shot, I think, you know, in the wider population. But right now we're targeting and we're targeting, you know, 80 plus or we're targeting, you know, 60 plus for AstraZeneca. Like we're quickly running into a situation where we're running out of people who are eager to get it. And that is a big problem. Stay tuned for more on that throughout the course of the week as we continue to get more vaccines, more coming in. And as more come in, that problem is going to be bigger. But the I think the issue that we're going to deal with even before that is what is happening in the province with the province releasing or relaxing restrictions in gray lockdown areas. As you may know, already you can gather indoors in areas that are not in lockdown. You can go for a restaurant, you can eat inside, you can get up to 50 people in that Olive Garden. And that, you know, doctors have been saying that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And now, as of April 12th, the province says you are going to be able to get a personal service in a gray lockdown area, namely a haircut or, you know, some kind of personal service. Here's Isaac Bogosh. Read between the lines what you're saying, what you're hearing here. Isaac Bogosh, of course, Bogey, he's one of the top doctors, advises the province. He's always out there, you know, giving his take on things. Listen to what he has to say about doing things indoors right now. What's more concerning is when you pack people into indoor spaces. And if you start packing people into indoor spaces and take off their masks in some instances, you know, you can't be surprised if you're going to see outbreaks and rising cases. And that's, you know, a pretty tough pill to swallow when we're seeing a, a pretty significant rise in cases and significant pressures on our healthcare system, including the intensive care units, which unfortunately never really decompressed following the second wave. That's actually why we're in the trouble that we're in right now. That is Dr. Isaac Vogosh saying that we never actually crushed the second wave and now we're on the way back up. And that is a big concern. You're going to hear more about trouble with the ICUs throughout the course of the week. And what did you hear there? What what is going on? What, there's clearly a warning from the top doctors, the doctors that are advising this province, that allowing things to happen indoors is going to drive case rate, case increases.
And we've seen the numbers going up, and tickety-boo, away they go, just like they called for, just like the modeling shows. I know everybody's like, oh, the modeling never turns out to be true. Mm, really? Mm. We're kind of really on the, the path that they said we would be on. And that's a, that's a big concern because it doesn't kind of add up. And I want to take you to Brampton. I, listen, nobody, nobody in the world needs a haircut or, more, or wants to see things open more than me. But I got to give you the truth. I got to give you the truth as it is being, as it is happening, as it is unfolding in our communities. I want to take you to Brampton and the oldest barbershop in Brampton. It's called Al's Barbershop. It's been around since 1946. And it's run by a guy named Rob Rutledge. And Rob has, just like every other barber in Peel and in Toronto, has been shut down for four months now. You can get a sense of, of what Mr. Rutledge is going through. I've gone through uh, highs and lows, but a lot of lows as far as like depression, uh, anxiety, just not knowing, um, again, how am I going to provide for my family, pay my bills? It is Rob Rutledge talking about just the, the weight on him. And it, we cannot for a moment take our eye off the weight that we have put on small business owners, the weight that we have put on kids, just the, the mental health. Let's not take our eye off that for a second. And Rob Rutledge, as I said, he runs this place called Al's Barbershop. Here's Rob talking about, you know, some of the choices that he's looking at right now. Do I just close down my business and then hope that I can reopen another business in the future? Because it has been so long. I mean, took over Al's, Al asked me to take it over and it, it's heart and soul for me. I mean, I love this business. I mean, I could have changed it to Rob's Barbershop, but I actually, you know, I admire Al. He was a, a fixture in Brampton at the time, and I, out of respect, I kept the name Al's. And, I mean, yeah, I, I would hate to uh, to have to ever have to close it because it is an institution in Brampton. An institution in Brampton that is Rob Rutledge, who runs Al's Barbershop, facing a very, very dire decision? Does he just close it down and hope for an opportunity later? Well, he wants to keep it open. So you you get a sense that Rob Rutledge wants to open. Obviously he does. But here's the reality. Let's go back to Rob again and what he sees of what is happening out there in our community right now. My gut instinct that I have a feeling that we will not open I want to believe it's true. I want to be optimistic because that's all I have right now. But I'm going to tell you right now, just with the way things are going and the numbers are going up and the vaccines not getting rolled out totally smoothly and people being able to get vaccinated, I personally, there's a thing saying, I don't think so. I don't think so. A person that has every reason to want to open, to believe that he can open. Rob Rutledge says... I see the numbers, and I don't think it's going to happen. April 12th is when you are supposed to be able to get a haircut or personal services in gray lockdown areas. When you look at the numbers, do you agree with Rob? 